This is a GRDC podcast. Tis the season for disease and grain growers are being advised to be on alert. Hello, I'm Sally Maguire. Spring is a critical time for disease detection in order to avoid or at least minimise yield losses. And already we are seeing higher infection levels than in previous years. Today I'm joined by Dr Hari Dadu, Senior Research Scientist with Agriculture Victoria. Dr Dadu has nearly a decade of experience working with crop diseases and is now leading the Septoria Triticae Blotch Research in wheat in the low and medium rainfall areas of the southern region. In addition to this research, GRDC is also investing in three more projects in this space to develop new genetic resources that will allow growers to have multiple solutions to reduce crop losses in the near future. First up, Dr Dadu, tell us about the diseases you are observing at the moment in cereal crops. There are a few diseases, unfortunately, going around in the cereal crops. To name a few, I'll start off with wheat. Septoriatrid blotch was found early this season and powdery mildew has been concerning to growers in the northern Mali. Stripe rust was found only recently, but since then has been detected at few places across Victoria. In barley, both forms of net blotches are present very early in the season. Scald was found recently in Mali, and I also suspect there will be a risk from leaf rust late in the season, given the levels we had last year. Moving on to oats, there's red leather leaf up and about, and again, rust will be appearing very soon later in the season. So these are the diseases I think that I'm seeing around now. So how much does the weather affect these diseases, particularly when there's an alert of an El Nino year? Weather can influence disease in multiple ways. In simple words, weather can influence disease either to flourish or vanish. In general, diseases like wet weather, because it brings high relative humidity in the canopy, maintain long leaf wetness periods, and also support the spread of the disease to new regions. Hence, as I say, if the conditions continue to be wet into the spring, then there is high potential for disease to be a yield-limiting factor. Conversely, if the weather becomes dry as predicted, then we'll see very little concern coming from disease. So you spoke about quite a few diseases across different crops earlier on there. So what particular diseases do you think that growers should be concerned about at the moment? Septoria has been severe this season and has likely potential to impact yield if the wet conditions continue. Then there is stripe rust, our biggest enemy during 2022. Although it is found little delayed compared to last year, there is still risk this year too since it's been found at least two weeks earlier than in average years as per University of Sydney report. The earliest it is detected, the more is the risk. So sized growers to be on alert and act where necessary. In summary, we are at a very critical point of the season, so where a lot of things will depend on how the spring will turn to. As I said just before, if the spring turns to be wet like last year, then the risk from disease will be high and we might see some yield losses. But I don't think it will be as bad as last year, which I don't want to. Uh, But there can be yield losses um, if the spring turns to wet and where there is no appropriate strategies followed. So the work that you're doing on Septoria, how is the risk different compared to previous years across Victoria? Yeah, the risk is completely changed from previous years, but the risk is mostly related to the rainfall zones in general for Septoria. So I'll break down the regions into three regions. One is based on rainfall. So one is high rainfall zone, medium and low rainfall zone. 
Septoria is often referred to a disease of high rainfall zone and the risk always remains high for them and the growers belonging to that region consider septoria is an important disease for them in wheat management. Whereas in medium and low rainfall zones, the disease has increased, has been found with increased levels of infection in the recent years and particularly in the last two years since we had wet springs and so the risk is very high. The reasons behind this increase include cultivation of susceptible varieties, stubble retention farming systems, and tighter weed rotations. So septoria is a stubble borne disease, and stubble is the main source of the inoculum, which means if wheat is sown on wheat or even closer to the wheat stubble, then the risk would be high. So what signs should growers be looking out for? Septoria is one of the diseases very easy to identify. It produces brown blotches with a yellow halo around it on the leaves similar to yellow leaf spot, but the unique symptom of septoria is presence of black dots or pycnidia in scientific terms within these lesions. So it is very similar to black leg of canola in that in a way. These dots are fruiting structures of the pathogen, or as I said, called pycnidia, which contain spores that further spread the disease into new regions of the crop upon rain splash. What are some of the management techniques that can be used to prevent septoria? To prevent septoria, the best strategy is to knock off the inoculum in first place. For rust, we generally say remove all the self-sown wheat or cereals. For stubble bond disease, it is always managing stubble is the best strategy to reduce the inoculum. In that sense, paddock selection and stubble management are going to be very important. Ensure you have a very good rotation, at least two-year break from wheat is required to prevent septoria in your paddock. And any action to reduce the stubble load means you're reducing the disease pressure in the next season. And also the other cost-effective strategy would be to use less susceptible varieties where possible to suppress the infection. Additionally, delaying sowing also was found to be beneficial. Delayed sowing means the crop will escape the early burst of septoria spores from stubble and also likely reduce the disease pressure to be managed in the season. What happens when the disease is not managed? What are the potential yield losses? I guess if you have asked me this question three to four years ago, I would have said septoria is not an issue in this part of the region and not to worry. But times have changed, as I said, just now with wet years in a sequence. Yield losses can vary with the region or environment that the paddock is in and also with the varietal resistance. In high-risk situations where there is a susceptible variety sown back onto wheat stubble and with good winter and spring season rainfall, septoria was found to cause up to 50% yield losses if not controlled. Conversely, where less susceptible or more resistant varieties are sown, we found less to no losses depending on how the season finishes. To give an example about that, during last season, we had nearly 40% of yield losses in a trial conducted in Femera region in the susceptible varieties, whereas the moderately susceptible varieties had up about 5 to 10% of yield loss. So that is the difference you can expect in terms of yield losses for different resistant rating. There's management techniques to prevent septoria and then yeah. how you can manage it when you do have it. So talk us through those. Variety resistance will be always your best strategy to control in season as well. But apart from that, fungicides are found to be the best option to manage septoria in season and are proven to reduce septoria effectively. But in the medium and low rainfall regions, the question is whether fungicides are necessary. If needed, what are the optimal timings to reap the economic benefits? We found that fungicide treatments reduced disease severity compared to the untreated controls and produced yield gain as well in the last season that we had trials. And among the 
the treatments we found two sprays, one each at mid-tail ring and flag leaf emergence provided highest yield gain of up to 25%. Fungicide sprays, particularly at these critical stages, mean that there is protection from primary infection and also sprays limit the disease spread to the upper canopy and also thereby protect the crop from yield loss. So you touched on it before, variety resistance, but can you talk a bit more about the importance of variety resistance in managing septoria and specifically where can growers go to access this information and get an up-to-date understanding of ratings? Good question. Resistance is generally defined as the host ability to limit pathogen multiplication, which means resistance will always reduce the amount of inoculum that is present in the crop. So this means there is reduced inoculum level one side and going into the future, and also there is less reliance on fungicides, and also there is low risk of field loss. So the message is always avoid susceptible to very susceptible varieties if you can. And to find this information, growers can access these ratings through NVT website, which is maintained by GRDC, or else state-based agency websites as well. For Victorian growers, they should consult a current serial disease guide through Agriculture Victoria website. So you spoke earlier about stubble management as an option to manage septoria. Can you describe the best ways to manage stubble? As I said earlier, septoria is a stubble-borne disease. So managing stubble means reducing inoculum load and also disease pressure going into the next season. One of the strategies we found best was to burn the stubble, which means obviously you're reducing the amount of inoculum that will go. And if there's any other strategy that can take off the stubble from your paddock, this means like you'll always see reduced amount of inoculum. But However, since the majority of the farmers have moved on to stubble retention farming systems because of the benefits it offers, we might need to have an alternative strategy in that case. So the best alternative strategy could be crop rotation, which means you're not sowing wheat on wheat. Instead of that, you're taking wheat on canola or wheat on apples crop. And this should be sort of a two-year break from wheat on wheat, so which means you can get maximum benefit to remove the inoculum from your paddock and less disease going into the season. Again, you mentioned fungicides, but how much is fungicide resistance an issue in septoria management? Fungicide resistance is a growing challenge in cereal disease management. We are seeing ongoing situation with powdery mildew in wheat where some of the fungicides have been compromised. Similarly, septore also has great potential to develop resistance to the three groups that we predominantly use in Australia to control it. Currently, Center for Crop Disease Management at Curtin University, led by Fran Lopez, has found septoria populations with reduced sensitivity to Group 3, DMI group, in wheat growing regions across eastern states. So this means you will observe reduced efficacy when using these fungicides to control septoria. And Fran and his team also found resistant populations to Group 11 or strobilurian chemistries in South Australia in 2021. So this means you might see a fungicide failure when you are trying to target septoria with these. But good news is this is not currently detected in Victoria or other eastern states, which means growth still can follow using these fungicides, but make sure that they follow the best fungicide management strategies to prolong the longevity of these fungicides. So this can include non-chemical methods to control septoria or use of resistant varieties, crop rotation, delayed sowing. If fungicides are used, please remember to rotate the chemistries and also avoid unnecessary use of fungicides. 
And apart from that, please follow Australian Fungicide Resistance Extension Network or AFRIN to follow latest updates on fungicide resistance issues and also strategies to manage fungicide resistance. Are there any specific actions that growers can take or that they need to consider between wet and dry seasons when it comes to septoria? Yeah, good question again. One of the things to keep in mind when dealing with septoria is latent period. Latent period is defined as the cycle time between first infection to the appearance of first symptoms on plants. For septoria, it is usually long and can extend up to 30 days depending on the existing conditions. To be more precise, if you find the symptoms on the lowest leaf, then you can expect disease in the latent period on one leaf higher than the leaf with symptoms. This apparently can cause confusion in terms of timing of your fungicides. If you compare with other diseases like rust, where it has short latent period, the response can be reactive. But whereas with septoria, you have to be proactive in your fungicide timing because the crop will look as clean as possible, but the symptoms are there inside. And if you delay your fungicide spray, then you won't be able to control the disease. So the message is to be proactive in managing septoria. If conditions are suitable and symptoms are present, consider control options uh, depending on the variety resistance and yield potential. To answer your second question, I guess at this point of time, we have higher infection levels than they were before. If the season continues to be wet, then we are very sure we'll have some losses to septoria. But if it is dry, there may be very little concern from septoria, as I said earlier. But the best way to think about it is to plan for the worst case scenario. That is, apply a fungicide to limit infection spreading to the upper canopy as crops reach flag leaf emergence and worry about the situations later. If they are not suitable, then you won't need a second fungicide and your first fungicide would still have done a great job limiting the infection from causing losses. GRDC is investing heavily in the Septoria space. Can you tell us a little bit about the investment that you're involved with with GRDC? We are fortunate to have this investment from GRDC a couple of years ago. So we are looking into finding epidemiology and management strategies for Septoria triticide blotch in medium and low rainfall zones of southern Australia. So the main aim is to understand how the disease develop and spread in these regions and also what are the strategies that growers need to think of in controlling this disease because disease was not a problem in these regions before and now it is. So we are trying to address that and provide information as much as we can to growers to better manage septoria. And in the meantime, what's your main sort of key message to growers about septoria? In septoria, we have to consider it's a disease that can cause yield losses if we don't really control it. And as I said earlier, we have been finding increased incidence in the recent years because of the wet years that we had. And this year particularly, we have higher infection levels than we have seen in the last couple of years. And wherever you have susceptible to very susceptible varieties, and depending on the infections that you have, you might need to consider controlling it. And wherever there is moderately susceptible or or better resistant rated varieties, you might need to monitor the crops and see if you have to use fungicide in case if you have higher infection levels. And again, as I said earlier, a lot will depend on how the spring will turn to, whether if it is wet or dry, but always have your control strategies close to your chest so that you can manage septoria better. That was Dr. Hari Dadu from Agriculture Victoria sharing valuable advice for cereal growers 
around disease detection and management this season. And some of those resources he mentioned, disease ratings can be found on GRDC's National Variety Trials website, nvt.grdc.com.au. Agriculture Victoria produces its Serial Disease Guide, which can be accessed through agriculture.vic.gov.au. And the Australian Fungicide Resistance Extension Network's website is afren.com.au. I'm Sally Maguire. This has been a GRDC podcast. Thanks for listening. Listener.